Thank you very much, and welcome to To Tell the Truth. Our first guest, he's made a career out of being the most outrageous imposter that we've ever come across on this show. And you're going to see what I mean. When Leonardo DiCaprio or Tom Hanks is in a movie, you know it'll be good. They've got 13 Oscar nominations between them. My name is Frank William Abagnale. Number three. When they're both in it, you know the story is amazing. From 1964 to 1967, I successfully impersonated an airline pilot for Pan Am Airways, and I flew over two million miles for free. During that time, I was also the chief resident pediatrician at a Georgia hospital and an assistant attorney general for the state of Louisiana. By the time I was caught, I was considered the youngest and most daring con man in U.S. history. I had cashed almost $4 million in fraudulent checks in 26 foreign countries and all 50 states. And I did it all before my 19th birthday. My name is Frank William Abagnale. Frank started young. At only 16, he lied to get into the military, only to be discharged when they found out he had forged the documents required to get in. This wasn't even his first rodeo. He had already gotten into hot water for racking up a $3,400 fuel credit bill under his dad's name in 1964. That's about $32,000 today. He must have been selling that fuel to somebody. By 1965, the FBI had already arrested him, finding him in California after stealing a Ford Mustang from one of his dad's neighbors. Financed the road trip with a book of blank checks he stole from a small business. Because he was still a minor, he was released into his father's custody, which, if you've seen the movie, you know the party is just getting started. I'm Frank Black from Monroe High School, and I have an appointment with Mr. Morgan. You're the young man who's writing the article for the school paper. Yes, ma'am, that's me. I want to know everything there is to know about being a pilot. <laughs> he went on to commit all kinds of fraud, including impersonating people like lawyers and doctors and pilots which is ultimately what got him caught and sent to the jail that this escape is all about. The prison itself isn't notable here. It isn't located on an island or really relevant in any way to the escape. Just like all of his capades, this one was reliant on smooth talking, bumbling idiots, and a little bit of luck. Relax! You're late, all right? My name's Alan, Barry Allen, United States Secret Service. Your boy just tried to jump out the window. My partner has him in custody. I don't know what you're talking about. You think the FBI are the only ones on this guy? I mean, come on. It was the 1960s, and led by the free spirits in San Francisco, the civil rights movement was well underway. This included the treatment of prisoners and inmates. It was also the golden era of skyjacking. So just like airports, it's safe to assume that prisons were much more casual with security than they are today. I have not met uh, my next guest. I'm looking forward to talking with him. His name is uh, Frank Abagnale, and he had a short but illustrious career as a con man. Would you welcome, please, Frank Abagnale. Frank. Now let's talk about the escape. Transfers are a great time to escape, especially if you don't have your own private helicopter. Not only are you outside the prison, but you might have different institutions, jurisdictions, police, prisons, federals, states, countries, counties. You get the picture. But they're all going to be talking to each other, and there's a lot of room for error. Or picking up on nuances of things, feeling different, and getting a golden window of opportunity. When the U.S. Marshals, who were transferring Frank, forgot to give the prison Abagnale's paperwork, it seemed unusual. 
Instead of making a couple phone calls, the guards actually thought that he was a prison inspector. Now, I don't know how common these prison inspections were, but at some point, the guards needed to think something else was happening here, right? Frank caught wind of this and used it to his advantage. He used his single phone call, not to call his lawyer, but to call his girlfriend, Jean Sebring. Because he was in a cushy prison, he got access to the newspaper and knew that the prisons were under scrutiny from the civil rights movement. He got his girlfriend to pose as a journalist and interview a prison inspector about fire safety. What she did next was genius. She got his business card in case there were any follow-up questions. Going back to the prison, she was able to give it directly to Frank. The casual security didn't confiscate it. It was time for the next part of the plan. Frank asked her, Remember the FBI agent who contacted you, Sean O'Reilly? Did he give you a business card too? He sure did. And Jean took that business card to a local print shop to get new business cards printed for Sean O'Reilly, but with a new phone number that went directly to a payphone in the local mall. It was then time to put the plan in motion. One day, when the prison inspection office was closed, Frank told a guard that he was a prison inspector. He showed him that first business card that his girlfriend got him during the fake interview, and then asked to talk to the boss of the prison. He pandered to the warden and asked him to make a phone call to the FBI. He then gave him the fake Sean O'Reilly business card with the fake phone numbers that went right to the payphones in the mall where his girlfriend was waiting to pose as the FBI secretary. Frank tells the warden he's working on something big and needs to talk to the FBI in person. Would they be able to meet in the parking lot for a 10-minute conversation? After all this trust building, pandering, and just being conned, the warden agrees. But it wasn't the FBI he was meeting. It was his girlfriend, Jean Sebring, and they drive off without a tail. With his face in the news, they part ways, and Frank heads towards a stash of money he has tucked away. After checking into a hotel to lay low, a former flight attendant recognizes him and calls the cops. Once again, he has to smooth talk his way out of it. Brenda. Yeah. Do you know if they're hiring here at the hospital? I'm not sure. What do you want to do? I'm a doctor. How much of this story is true? After all, it comes from his autobiography, where he tells story after story about pretending to be somebody he isn't, about lying and conning his way through life. Why would this story be any different? I'm not mad at it. After all, my grandfather used to always say, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. It's pretty easy for creators like me to start selling online but it's not always easy to know if you're making money. Not only is Triple Whale presenting this season of Original Heist, they also make FinHub, which lets you understand your store's numbers without having to become an accountant. And you can spend more time creating, touring, or baking sourdough bread. 